Prayer is powerful. We heard testimony from Corey and, and Vicki about some of the things that happens when, when we pray. So today I wanted to talk about prayer, and I'm going to start by talking about water, really. Did you know that towns are generally formed close to sources of water? It's essential for every living thing. It's the places where fruit and uh, trees and all of the things that, that for food that, that we get, it, it relies on water. And we need to be in places where that water is flowing. And for us as Christians, as we talked about last week, we have access to living water that Jesus Christ gives us. And that living water is what empowers us in prayer to come before the very throne of God and talk to the creator of all, which is an amazing and awesome thought. The one who created the universe we get to be in relationship with. Isaiah taught, said this in talking to the Israelites, For I will give you abundant water to quench your thirst and to moisten your parched fields, and I will pour my spirit and my blessings upon your children. See, prayer is of critical importance if we're going to connect to God. So this morning we're going to look at what it is, what it's not, how to do it, why to do it, what, some of the things that happen when you do it. A few questions maybe to consider is, is there any area of your life that's dry and desert-like at this moment, that's in need of that living water? Is there any area of your life that's dry and desert-like at this moment? Where's the water in your life? In other words, where's the water, the life-giving water? When was the last time you actively took time and sought the oasis of God's presence? Anybody busy in here? <laughs> when is it... Intentionally took time to spend with, with the creator of all, with God. When was the last time you watered your spirit with prayer? If you don't do this intentionally, guess what? Ain't going to happen. We have to set aside time because the world doesn't want us to have time, right? David said this. He, he said, those who delight in the Lord are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither. And in all they do, they prosper. It's a nice visual, isn't it? Like trees along the riverbank. Pick your favorite riverbank. Can you see it? Trees, fruit-filled trees. You even get to pick what kind of fruit. Might be some peach trees in there. Might be some apple trees. Fruit-filled trees along this riverbank. Bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither. Never dry up. Never dry up. And in all they do, they prosper. It's a picture of who we can be in our walk with Christ. It's a word in there, though, that I want to focus on. The word is planted. Planted. It's a firm word. Planted means that we're in the ground. We're solid. Storms can come, but we're planted. We're solid. And no matter what that storm is, we're going to be okay. We're next to life-giving water. We have fruit on our trees, our leaves never wither, and we're solid. We're planted in good soil. The way that we connect to God and soak up that living water that sustains us in our life and in our journey is simply through prayer. It's one of the most important of the spiritual disciplines. They're all important. It's kind of prayer is critical for us. Critical for us to take the time to spend with God. What God expects of our lives is that we're willing to be lined up with what he wants us to be. 
to go where that stream of water is, right? That living water and to be planted by the stream so that we can be fed and nurtured by that water. He'll provide them. He'll provide streams of direction, encouragement, love, and discipline because a parent who loves their child disciplines them. Then if we're willing to be firmly planted, we'll grow to become who he desires us to be and who he designed us to be. God's planted you in good soil. You're planted in good soil when you accept Christ. So now it's up to you and up to me to reach our roots down and catch a, a drink of that water to go deep to where that pure water is, that living water, to go get those roots in there. And if we do that, we're going to produce fruit. Luke 6, 43 to 44, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. A bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by the kind of fruit that it produces. So the secret to this, though, is to stay connected with him, to trust him. Dickie said it dead on. Do you trust him? I mean, really trust him. John 15. Any gardeners in here? I know there are. So you relate to this. You probably, you probably know, know a little about this. I am the true vine, and the Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that they can be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in, in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so we pray. So prayer defined, what is prayer? It's a conversation. Uh, Brad hit on this. It, it it's, it's not, doesn't need to be ritualistic, ostentatious. In, in fact, some, some of the, the Pharisees got in trouble because, about that. It's simply talking to God. It's spending time with God. I read a story. It's a story about a young man at a downtown city church. Every afternoon at 5 p.m., he would walk into that church, and every day, 45 minutes later, he would come out. People started to take notice of that, and one day someone asked him, why is it that you go into the church building every day at 5, and you come out 45 minutes later? What are you doing in there? And he said, I pray. And they said, you pray? How do you pray for 45 minutes? That's just crazy. He said, well, I walk into the church. I kneel down at the altar. I sit there for a moment. Then I say, God, this is Joe. Before long, I hear him say, Joe, this is God. Then I share my heart with him, and he shares his heart with me. And those are the best minutes of my day. The best minutes of my day. Too often we have this idea that if I can't pray the flowery, wordy, fluffy, floaty kind of prayers, <laughs> Thou, O Lord, art, wouldst thou listenest to me because I needest you to answer this prayerest. You know what I mean? We're afraid to pray in public because we're like, oh, I'm going to do it wrong. No. <laughs> are you going to go to God and talk to God? Yeah, well, you can't really do that wrong. Even if it's, God, help, 
God, I don't know what to pray for. God, thank you. Help me. Walk with me. Keep it simple. Vicki pointed this out. It's also in the book. Jonathan Matheson said this about prayer. He says, a well-known saying is prayer changes things. I don't know that it's completely accurate. I'm not sure if prayer changes things, but I know that prayer changes people and people change things. I believe that came from Mother Teresa, actually, but that's how prayer works. Prayer changed David. Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. He was asking God to search him. What is it that's in me that's in the way of my relationship with you? Now, that's a nice psalm, but let's, do, let's take a step back and look at that. You know what he was asking God to do, right, is to... Look into the depths of who he was and let him know what needed to be changed. Are you willing to do that? If we want to become more like Jesus, then we get willing to do that. Do you know when we say the Lord's Prayer, we talk about God's kingdom when we say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Have you ever thought about this? When we say thy kingdom come, it also means my kingdom go. See, my kingdom's got to go if thy kingdom's going to come. And that's what David's praying. Let me know what my kingdom is so that that can be removed so that thy kingdom can fill that gap. It's the do. Bring your kingdom into my heart and my life so that I can live differently and live for you. See, transformation comes from letting my kingdom go. There's not a wrong way to pray. Don't let that go through your head. If you're, if you're seeking God, you're doing a good thing. So what's prayer not? What is prayer not? It's not a strictly religious activity. It's not something that, that we do for the sake of doing it. Jesus wasn't real happy with, with folks who did that. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. See, prayer for the Pharisees and Sadducees was something they did in public. They liked to go out and they liked to be seen when they pray. And they prayed those big, ostentatious, flowery, uh, fluffy kind of prayers. They're like, look at us. Jesus said, no. Where's your heart? So it's not some display that we do. Prayer is not a, a display to show to others. At its best, you know, prayer is like talking to a close friend, talking to your spouse, talking to somebody that you care for and sharing your heart. What's on your heart? Pray that to God. That, that's prayer. Prayer is also not magic. There's no magic words there. there you know, it's not like in Harry Potter, when, you know, and ridiculoso. We don't get to do that. We don't just get to transform things in our life. It's probably good that it doesn't work that way. You ever been mad at somebody? And, and, and your first thought is not a positive prayer? <laughs> Lord, flip that car over that just cut me off. <laughs> Levioso. <laughs> Think of it this way. Uh, we got lots of parents and grandparents. If your child goes into a candy store and they say, hey, I want that, 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 that. And that. You, of course, buy it all to them and give it to them, right? No. 
No. But why not? Why won't you buy me all that stuff? That's what grandparents are for. Rotten. Yeah, it's not good for them. Rotten teeth. Diabetes is in their future. <laughs> so you say, no. And they say, <laughs> but you don't give in, right? Sometimes, right? Sometimes. But God knows best. God knows best. Why pray? Um, that one's really, really simple. Uh, God says pray. He says come to me. Philippians 4, 6. This is what I want you to do. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Do you know that everything means everything? Do you do like I do and go, well, you know, I'm not going to pray about that because that's just, that's silly. That's just a little thing. I'm not going to. God doesn't care about that. Scripture would indicate God cares. Bring it all to him. He wants to have the kind of relationship with us that would give us the freedom to come to him, to, to approach him. If a relationship is going to be healthy, then communication has to be at its core. And Jesus didn't say if you pray or you should pray or should you feel like praying. He says when you pray. So we are to pray. What if you treated your spouse? You communicated as often with your spouse as you do with God. What would your marriage be like? What if you talk to your kids the same amount of time that you talk to God? How'd that go? If we don't spend time with Him, then we should not be surprised that we lack His presence in the areas of our life where we want Him to be. We all get busy. I get busy. You get busy. But it's a priority. Spending time with him. Cool things happen when we pray. There's good things that happen. We experience God's love for us. His concern for us. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it. We get to come boldly to the throne of God. And there we will find mercy. We're going to have times in our life when we're close to God and have that sense of his presence. And we're going to have times in our life when we wonder where God is. And there's going to be times in our life when we're so busy we don't think about God. But we have the opportunity to come boldly to the throne. To receive mercy and find grace. There's a few of us in here who don't think highly enough of themselves. Some of you know what I mean. That part that says love your neighbor as yourself, you go, you know, you don't want me to love my neighbor as myself because I don't even like myself. Malcolm Forbes put it this way. He said, too many people overvalue what they are not and undervalue what they are. 
You are a child of God. You're a daughter of the king. A son of the king of kings. Go to him. He loves you. You are so important to him that he wrote you in the palm of his hand. He wrote your name. And if your name, name's not up there, that means you're not in a directory. So, <laughs> Have you found it? Did you find your name? God's hand, your name. He sees it every day. Hopefully, his name becomes important enough for you to write on your palm. so that you see it too. But do you trust him? A young preacher attended a meeting with several other preachers and he happened to sit next to the bishop. Speaker had missed a flight and wasn't going to be able to make it to that conference. So the bishop turned to the young preacher and he told him, son, you're an answer to prayer. I want you to fill that slot. The young preacher said, no, but I'm not ready. And the bishop said, just pray and trust the Lord. So the young preacher, a little anxious, in front of all these clergy people, went to the altar during the lunch break. He bowed his head, saw a manila folder laying next to him with a sermon in it, and it was a good sermon. So he spent his lunch learning that sermon. And he gave that message to the whole group that afternoon. And after that, the, the group said, wow, that was a great sermon. But afterwards, the bishop ran up to him and he said, son, what are you doing? That was my sermon and I wanted to preach it tonight. What am I going to do? What was the young preacher's response? Bishop, just pray and trust God and he'll provide. It's a funny story, but it has a great truth in it. If we're willing to pray and trust God, he will provide. John Ed Matheson's dad taught him how to pray just using his hand. And this is uh, something that youth leaders do sometimes as well. But use your hand and, and it starts here. So the thumb reminds me that I start by, by praying for those who are closest to my heart. Those, my, my parents, my siblings, those in my life that I'm very, very close to. The, the pointing finger reminds me to pray for those who point me to God. Now, it could be a pastor, it could be a mom, a grandma, it, it could be any, a number of people, but those who point me to God. This is the tallest finger, so that reminds me to pray for those who are in high places. Pray for officials and government and, and, and all those who are, who are in high places, church leaders and all of those, that, those people who are in high places. Reminds me, this is a weak finger. You ever notice that? And it's kind of not, not a very strong finger. To pray for the poor, for those in need, for those who are perceived as weak. And last, not that we're unimportant, but too often we Pray for ourselves and forget to pray for everybody else. Last, I pray for myself.
and for my needs. Simple. How do you want to pray? How do you pray? That's one way. During the video, you saw up there adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. It's a pattern of prayer, acts. You start with adoration. You adore the, you know, I praise you, Lord, for the things going on, you know, on in my life and for who you are. Confession. You confess the things in your life that maybe aren't in alignment, the things in your life that you that that are, are causing you to miss the perfect will of God. Thanksgiving, which is being grateful. And then last, again, are supplications, entreaties that come to God and say, these are my needs. It's another way to pray. The Lord's Prayer itself is a pattern of how to pray. Lots of ways to pray. But Mike, what do I do? Pick one. Start praying. You want to know where to start? Thank God for those things in your life. He'll expand it where it needs to go. Lots of good things happen when we pray. Confession takes place. That's a purifying act. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9. We gain perspective. In recovery meetings, um, the serenity prayer is often used. Now, I changed it a little bit. That, the serenity prayer is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So what I did with that was, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, you guys, I can't change any of y'all. The courage to change the things I can, me, and the wisdom to know the difference, which is known in, in the clinical world as boundaries. Where do I end and you begin so I don't take your stuff on? Pick something. <laughs> There's lots of ways to pray, lots of ways to go before God. Prayer brings about a change in our hearts and that brings about a change in our lives. Scripture is filled with prayer. Joel, a uh, uh, prophet from the Old Testament, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. That's through prayer. Prayer taps us into a power that is beyond our own. It's the power of God. Are you brave enough to ask God for those things that are just absolutely impossible? Are you, are you, are you brave enough to, to step out in faith and go, God, I don't know where this needs to go, but I am called to start a preschool. Well, I'm not. <laughs> Somebody in here is, though. What do we need to do in order to do that? I don't know, but we're going to try something. Maybe we'll start with a Mother's Morning Out program. Maybe that would be a good place to start. <laughs> with the small Mother's Morning Out program. What is God calling you to? I ask you, this guys, uh, you guys this a lot, but what is God calling? You're called to something. What is, it? what is it that God wants for you to be engaged and involved in? Is it, you know, you're reaching people 
through drama. How cool is that? You know? God has a calling on your life. I'm all about let's try stuff. Please don't get discouraged because that also means we're going to fail sometimes. If we're not failing around here, then we're not, we're not going anywhere near where God would have us to go. You have to be willing to go beyond human, where human power is in order, in order to get where God is. And we have to be willing to go out there. And sometimes we're going to think it's God and it's not. And we're, and, and we're going to try stuff and it's not going to work. Sometimes we're, we're going to try stuff and it is going to work. Miraculous, the miracles, the impossible, that's our God. And that's where he wants us to be. God's a big God. Big plans. Big plans. Did you notice on the first slide the bucket was a little bit dry? It's a long time ago, I know. Well, this next bucket is what happens when we embrace who God is. We overflow. We overflow.